Just as I was walking up the stairs, I thought, um, what a privilege it is uh, to be able to speak to the people of God, uh, to be in, in this holy place and to be as unworthy um, as all of your pastors feel they are. It's still, it's just thrilling uh, to look out there and, and see the people of God that want to hear something from the Word of God, that, that want to hear from Him. And, and I can say, um, as, believe it or not, as the youngest pastor of, of the old regime, we could call it, affectionately, that's who I am. I rejoice, don't you? I rejoice in, in the younger pastors that are coming up. Uh, one uh, brother my same age, approximately, uh, came up to me and said how happy he was that uh, Pastor Jonathan has the gifts that he has, and, and, and along with Pastor Mark, I'm sure. Um, but we're not jealous for ourselves. We, we rejoice in that. We, we thank God for that, and we want to see them um, advance more and more because in a very real sense, um, they are the future leadership of our church. And I'll say this uh, along uh, with our fellow pastors, my fellow pastors, and, and also with John, that we have no greater joy than to hear that our children, our sheep, our loved ones are walking in the truth. And lately, um, we've been so encouraged, and, and, and I want to stay on, on that same trajectory of, of encouragement to the sheep. It's been wonderful uh, to hear in the morning uh, last Sunday about personal heart-based in internal holiness that brings God glory, but also makes us happy. Uh, we are never happier than when we are holy. And, and, and the secret, private, hidden prayer that all of us want and need and to a certain extent enjoy, but we want to be better connected to God. We want to spend more time with him. And, and, and then I was pleased to bring you a message on Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving leads to rejoicing uh, and vice versa and to the ceaseless prayer and, and conversation with God. Uh, because who else are you going to thank the most? When you're by yourself and there's nobody there, you got to say, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I can, I can stick my finger out and push that button and, and air conditioning comes out or, or, or heat. It's amazing to me. I just go like that or I go like this. You're so good to me. We have that. Well, then this morning... Uh, wasn't that refreshing, wasn't that encouraging to know that we have the power from God to be different, to be a, a contrast society, a contrast organization and, and assembly of God's people that is able to submit to authority, that doesn't waste time throwing rocks 
and 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 being in a, a critical frame frame of mind all the time, but but goes to prayer that sees that prayer is the most powerful instrument that we have, that the most powerful people in the world are the people who pray because they move the arm of omnipotence. And if God is pleased to answer, um, um, he will do uh, exactly his own perfect will. And to know this, weren't you blessed by knowing that you can entrust your soul to that one who entrusted his soul to God. That sighting of Christ this morning, uh, speaking from myself, and, and I know it, it, it hit many of you, if not all of you, the same way. Wow, what? We've got to continually go to the cross. We got, we've got to plant the cross in, in the midst of whatever our troubles are, whatever unjust dealings, whatever unreasonable boss we have. We, we can do that, and we've got to keep right on doing that. How, how wonderful to hear that. Well, tonight I want to talk about the exceeding rewarding life that it is to be a Christian. These rewards are, 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 are spoken of uh, by Jesus Christ himself. There are lots and lots of ways of looking at, at what your motivations are uh, to live a godly life. You want to do it out of love. That's for sure. You love God so much because he loved you first. And, and he has shown it like no other invented God or imagined God could ever show. He has given us his son. We want to do it out of thankfulness. We want to do it out of a desire for holiness and fellowship with him. We want to have a good testimony. We want to show the world what Christianity looks like. So, so we want to be good. We want to be good representatives of our God. We want more of God. Whatever that means, we know we, we don't have enough of him. We want more of him. We have enough to be saved, but we don't have all that God is and all that God is willing to give us if, if we seek after him. Remember, Jesus is the one who said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We want to do that. We will keep his word. By his grace, we'll keep it. But he says, and my father will love him. And we will come to him. If, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him, will come to her and make our home with him and make our home with her. Man, do we ever want that? We want that and, 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 and we don't have all of that that we really want. But there, there, there are other motivations as well. God offers and he delights and he takes pleasure and joy in the exercise of our faith that lays hold of, that seeks after the rewards that he offers. And sometimes we don't like to think of it that way because we think of, of a reward as a payment or 
a paycheck or a dividend received. But, but that's not what it is. It's more like going to a doctor and the doctor prescribes a medicine for you. And you take that prescription and, and, and you get the medicine and through no effort of your own, because you do what the doctor says, you put yourself in the way of being blessed by taking his advice and through no effort of your own, you are healed. Whatever it is that was troubling you, uh, you go to the pharmacist you get the medication and you get better. Well, tonight, let's just listen to Jesus and see if these familiar passages, which we perhaps have not looked at this way before, see if we find ourselves desiring to get in the way of blessing, to get these rewards, to get what is offered to us from Jesus Christ himself, who is the exact representation of the Father. If, if you look in your Bibles at, at Matthew chapter 10, and we'll just notice two verses there, or three verses there, where you have the broadest passage that's found in the Gospel of Matthew. We'll spend all of our time in this Gospel Matthew chapter 10, and, and just notice verses 40 through 42. Jesus says in verse 40 of Matthew chapter 10, whoever receives you receives me, speaking to his disciples. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones... Even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly, Jesus says, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Look at that passage. You see how Christ in verse 40 is, is so identified with his servants. He's in union with them. And in verse 41, he speaks of 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 a spokesman, a prophet, the modern-day counterpart might be a pastor, a missionary, a Christian worker, those trying to serve in any way in, in the kingdom of God. And, 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 and he also speaks of a righteous person who is a child of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, Whoever they are, wherever they are found, this righteous person, he says he is plenteous in rewards for anyone who would be of help to them, to be kind to them, to receive them, to bring them into their house, to do anything for them that would bless them and benefit them. He says there's a reward for that. 
It's right in the text. You can get the reward of a prophet, the reward of a righteous person. You can share in their reward because Jesus says so. And then he stoops all the way down in, in verse 42. He says, little ones, these little ones. It's, it's, it's not only children. Yes, it, 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 it can be children. But, it's, but according to the commentators, even the most critical ones, those of small status, those who have no status, no status, those that are easily pushed aside, ignored, those that are not notable in society, even they, even to them, if you give them the most inexpensive yet needed item, a cup of water. If you give a cup of water to one of these little ones, one of these insignificant ones, one of these easily overlooked ones, you will not lose your reward. The minimum, do the minimum. If, if you do the minimum, there's a reward for just that. But what about the mid-range? What about the maximum? What about everything in between the minimum and the maximum? Jesus promises, believe him. Believe what he says. Believe the smallest thing that you can do for a righteous person, for a servant of the Lord, for your brother or sister in Christ, for someone's child. The smallest thing. There's a reward for that. You'll not lose your reward for that. So the first category focuses on rewards uh, for Christ's servants and his righteous disciples. Now let's look at our neighbors and even those that are not so friendly to us. What motivating words do we find falling from the lips of our Savior in Matthew chapter 5? Notice Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 47. It, we're in the midst of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. He says, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That, that seems just. That seems all right. That seems fine to do. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers, what more are you doing than others, if you only greet them, do not even the Gentiles do the same? Don't even people who don't know God, lost people do the same thing? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what he's after. The moral excellence that is described in this passage is unparalleled in any other re religious writings. What 
what the wor- all the world knows of how to treat an enemy is to get even. It is to retaliate. It is to take revenge. It is to even the score. That's all they know. But Jesus says we are to love them. Love your enemies. You have power to love your enemies. Not necessarily to feel love for them, but to act in a loving way toward them. That's what he's asking for. That's what he's saying. How? How do you love them? By doing loving things for them. How in this text do you love them? He says pray for them. Pray for them. It is hard to hate anybody that you are praying for. You'll find that your heart goes after them in in, in compassion and in kindness if you find yourself praying for them. Why should you do this? You should do this so that you will be like God. You'll be like the God who indiscriminately sends the rain and the sun and causes his sun to shine upon the just and the unjust. He does not hold back. He spreads his goodness and, 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 and kindness in this fashion, in a common worldwide way, w- 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 without taking note of any person. He, he, he simply pours it out. You will be like God if, if you do that. You'll be a contrast people. You'll be distinguishable from others in your unselfish, uncalculating style. Why? Why should you do this? It's, it's because you will get a reward for it. He holds a special reward out to you. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? But if you love your enemies, there's a reward for that. There's a reward for your prayer. There's a reward for your kindness. There's a reward for that. And, 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 and so no matter what's happening to you, whether sometimes your spouse is really, really irritating you, he's making you angry, she's frustrating you, you can love, you can pray, and you can do something nice. You can do something kind. And know this, there's a reward for that. God promises that. Being like him is its own reward, but he promises even more. He girds these injunctions, these desires of his own heart. He surrounds them with rewards. Notice then, in the third place... In Matthew chapter 5 and, 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 and verses 10 and 11, uh, something that only in, in a limited way we've experienced, but uh, it could be that in the future uh, we, become, we may become more familiar with it. Thousands, though, I have to say this, thousands, if not millions, take great comfort in this text. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 11, I think is better. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil falsely against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Why should we be glad for that? Why 
would anyone rejoice in it? Jesus says, for your reward is great. Your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If this day comes to us at whatever level, by God's grace, we will, we will have cause to be glad and to rejoice. We'll need his grace for that. But know that if it does happen or if it already has happened to you, to, to some extent, whatever ridicule, uh, whatever job loss, uh, whatever challenge you face, know that Jesus promises a reward. You are in step with the prophets. You have that coming to you. So, so number four is in this challenging area of, of holiness and Christ-likeness. It's found in Matthew chapter 6 and, and, uh, and verses 1 through 4. We read there that, that we are to beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. If we saw ourselves clearly as stewards and not owners, if we saw ourselves as instruments and channels and not possessors and accumulators of things, this would not be so difficult. It would not be so testy. It would not trouble us. It would not disturb us. It wouldn't unsettle us. But Jesus speaks plainly and unmistakably. He tells us that when we give, if we do it, in secret, when we do that, not if we do, verse 3 says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do it without even talking to yourself about it. Do it without recalling it to mind so that your giving may be in, in secret and, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. One quote that I got out of this book, I, I, I meant to bring it with me, um, is called Im, Embracing Obscurity. And it's by an anonymous writer. There's a name tag on the front of the book. It says, hello, my name is, and there's nothing on the name tag. I, 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 I forgot to bring it up here, but one quote from, from this anonymous writer he says, we are drunk, all right. We are intoxicated with a desire to be known, recognized, appreciated, respected. His book or her book says that um, in, 
in light of God being everything, our goal should be to become nothing. In, in verse 1 of our text, we see that the reward is forfeited. They don't get the reward. There'll be no reward for those who practice their righteousness in order to be seen of, of men. We see in verse 2 the reason for the forfeiture. They forfeit it because that is not the reward they want. They want to be seen of men. That's the only reward the, the, uh, the hypocrite wants. They want to be noticed. They want to be respected. But the reward that we want, the way better reward, the best reward is found in verses 3 and 4. And, and that's the reward that will come to us when we give. Because the Christian reward is based on faith. God honors that. He causes generous people uh, to be the happiest people on earth. And they keep right on doing it. I know a lady, I shouldn't have said that. I, I was going to say, I, I know an old saint, but this, I already gave that up. There's a category that, that's already been named. This lady uh, gives in her own small way, which is a huge way, to every single cause that Heritage Baptist Church is involved in. To, she, she tithes. She gives to MASH. She gives the things that she gets in the mail. She supports these other causes that don't come into my mind right now. She was concerned one time that she could not give very much. But I had to say, you know what? Uh, my sister, if everybody gave what you gave, if, if, if they just gave $5, if they just gave $10, multiply that by whatever number if, if everybody did that. Or if, if a larger number did that, it would make a huge difference. Well, that's what she does, and, and she has a, a reward coming. Number five is, is, is this major challenge of, of prayer. Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6 says this, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in, in the synagogues and, and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, he says, that's assumed. That's the mark of a Christian. Private prayer should far exceed whatever we do publicly, whatever public gatherings there are. Private, secret prayer, prayer in homes, prayer with your family, prayer with a friend, prayer with just one other person holds out a wonderful reward for you, a secret reward. So whenever you're tempted not to do these things, not to pray, not to give, not to do something good for your enemies, not to love and share with the righteous, with God's servants, remember, remember that there's a reward waiting for you. 
if you do. Remember that. You'll be girded with that. What reward will I miss if I don't do this? What reward has, has God promised? Lastly, uh, from Jesus, this difficult task of fasting. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, Jesus simply says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have, they have received their reward. That's what they wanted. They wanted to be seen by others. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. The same principles are operative here. When you fast, there's a vain and empty reward. There is a reward for those who do it secretly with a God-directed emphasis. There is a certain reward. That's what God promises. And we need to believe these. We need to take God up on what he offers through his Son. We need to hang our souls upon it and make it... Uh, a cause for action. One really good quote from John Piper out of the book that some of us are studying together is simply this. God wills to know the actual lived out reality of our preference for him over all things. He wants to know that. He wills to see that. And he wills that we have the testimony of our own authenticity through actual preference of God over his gifts. We're thankful for his gifts, but God wants to see us prefer him over what he gives us, above what he gives us. And sometimes fasting is a way to show that. So we have these six major areas of service. Where, where we can be a contrast culture, where we can be distinct, where we can exercise these privileges. And they're all commanded, they're exemplified, they're modeled in Christ himself. They're all buttressed, they're all supported by wonderful rewards that are promised. We've got to believe God for these things. This will move us forward. If we believe that God has special rewards in at least these six categories, these harder ca- categories of being helpful to Christian servants, of, of being kind and thoughtful towards the righteous, even to the least of them, even to the smallest of them, dealing with our neighbors and with our enemies in a kind way and praying for them, and doing good to them the same way God does. All of these have exceeding great rewards hanging on them. They they are promised by God himself through Christ. They are promised by the one who who, who is receiving his rewards. But you know the rewards that Jesus is, is receiving... He's not receiving them because he did nothing. He receives his rewards 
for all the work that he has done. He, he has paid for our salvation. He has purchased us. He, he has seen the travail of his soul. He earned everything that he's getting. And he earned it so that we could have these rewards for free. That's the one who is speaking to us. The one who was rewarded for his works, for his work on the cross, for his perfect life, for all of his sufferings. He gets his reward. What is his reward? Wow, it's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe it. It's us. It's his people. He loved us that much. And a a multitude which no man can number in every generation, he, he has a people. You are, we are by his grace, his exceeding great reward. Let me close with, with just, just uh, one more quote. This is from the Apostle Paul. Here's what he says in Second uh, Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. He says, For I am ready, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. Don't you want to say that? I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I'm going to my reward, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for sending your Son. We thank you so much uh, for the example that he is to us in every way. How we want to think on him, we want to meditate on him, we want to be more and more conformed to his image. Right now, we want to believe him. We want to believe him for all the promises of rewards that he offers us for all that we do in, in his name and for his glory. Help us then. Help us to be kind, to be generous, to be giving, to be prayerful, to be fasting, to be ready for persecution, to, to do all these things in a secret way, to cultivate a strong secret life with you. May you help us to pray then in the hour that is coming. Help us to recommit ourselves to you. We ask it in the faithful and glorious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.